You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keenan, you pipe, and it's blocked. And it is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go, to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, to Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Happy Halloween, Hootads. We are Inside Black and Gold on a special 500 edition. Uh, the Black and Gold getting a 38-27 victory in Indianapolis. A happy ride home as well, I'm sure, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, and the Saints, I don't know if you knew this, the Saints actually got a head start on Halloween this weekend. I don't know if you were paying attention, but they dressed up as a team that can score points. <laughs> Whoa. Who were that? Who was Crazy. That? Uh, I don't know where that came from, but it was a uh, it was it was well received. And so, yeah, we're we're going to talk all about that. We're going to get into we're going to do the whole what worked, what didn't work. But we're going to flip it this time because there was a lot more that worked than didn't work. So, first segment's going to be what worked. We're going to go through a lot Second segment, what didn't work, we're going to get into that. And then we're going to do a mailbag in the back end, kind of theme it as a trade deadline mailbag. I imagine a lot of the questions will be trade deadline oriented. So we'll get to as many of those as possible. So if you have any trade deadline questions or any other questions for that matter, uh, we'll get to them as much as we can in the back end of the program. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you go out to Indy and it's a weird feeling because... You know, I don't think that people are going to watch that game and say, okay, everything is figured out. This team has no issues anymore. All the things we were worried about last week don't exist anymore. That's not that's not the case. But you're now looking at a football team that has more than 400 yards of offense in three consecutive games. Up to that point, up to the point that you took the field in week eight, it was like, okay, these are all empty yards. It doesn't matter if you can't cash in. And you kind of felt like, I don't know if the offense exists that we saw on the field in, in Indy and like, you know, Indies that's been their whole thing is they make teams that go out there to face them look explosive and look incredible. The Browns scored 39 points without Nick Chubb or Deshaun Watson, right? 
Kareem Hunt, who was on the street to start the season, PJ Walker, like they lost 39 points to that team. So being able to beat up on the Colts is not a very exclusive club. Everyone's done it. Right. Pump the brakes. Going into this week, I wasn't convinced that the Saints had the capability of making a bad team, a bad defense look bad. Right. And so to me, that's the positive. Like, like you needed to see it before you believed it could happen. And if all you do is beat the bad teams on your schedule, you're a playoff team. Now you can worry about beating the good teams when you get to that that point. But if you can't beat the bad teams, then just pack it in. So to me, that's the confidence inspiring thing from that game is you made a bad defense look bad and you made yourself look good doing it. You made yourself feel good doing it. And I think that's from a confidence perspective, that's very important. If they went out there and they just, you know, just eked out a win uh, where they just struggled the entire way against a team that's like starting a special teams guy at cornerback. And, you know, I, I they ran the ball well. They threw the ball. They, they hit explosive plays. They figured out how to play defense in the second half. Again. Uh, again. I, I don't know. I, I feel really good about what I saw on the field. I'm curious. What, what's your takeaway from that game? Uh, it was definitely a relief, obviously, to see the offense uh, getting, you know, to – to Pater, and that, it's unfortunate that that one Taysom touchdown doesn't count for the red zone. It's unfortunate only if you stat are Bobby and you're obsessive about this very specific number. It doesn't really change anything. Um, but, scoring well, from 20 I, or scoring I mean, from 19. Look at as a red zone TD. I mean, the way I look at that game, they went four for four in the red zone <laughs> because that. Taysom Hill touchdown was literally from 20 yards out. Like if that's right. not a red zone touchdown, then what is it? Exactly. Like if it was from the 19, it would be more valuable. No, it's a red zone score. You're in there. It like the, the, the point of the red zone is you are deep in their territory and you feel like in that position, you should come away with points. Like you are in a touchdown position and coming away with anything less than a touchdown is basically giving up four points, which is what the, the Colts wanted to do. Until right. the Saints gave them the free four points on the dumbest penalty I've ever seen. But in the Not last drive, right. I mean, that they weren't really trying. I mean, they, they were trying to run it in, but they were. Not really. They were just more worried about we cannot turn the ball over right here because a field goal effectively ends the game. So, like, we can say three for four in the red zone, but that last drive, I don't really count it. And that Taysom Hill touchdown, I do count it. So, from a in my opinion, they were perfect in the red zone in this game. Yeah, the, that was obviously huge uh, from all the griping and the failures that, that that we saw beforehand. And then just yeah, there was a more physical presence, and we saw that with the run game. Love to see that finally starting to click too. It just one of those things. It's a, it's amazing, you know, when one thing starts to go right, it kind of snowballs into that direction and yeah the the offense definitely finally blossomed a little and it's like we haven't even really we haven't even seen you know like alvin was talking about post game it's like there's still more to be had there and i totally see it i i mean uh it was great to have juan back but his his involvement and and to be expected game one limited but you know it was really limited in what you saw from him uh the biggest disappointment to me you know everyone's going to talk about chris olave obviously I don't know where his head's at right now, but I'm also it's it's really sad that uh, to me that Penning just can't get onto the field really to do anything. 
I thought that was an odd decision uh, <laughs> because he he I thought he did pretty well as the jumbo tight end in week seven. Um, they chose to go with Landon Young in that role. I you know I mean it's like a tip, it's probably more so like if the point was to give him background role and let him work exclusively on himself, um, which is kind of what the, what they said they're trying to do, whether you believe it or not. There's a lot of self help going on. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's what you probably should be doing to Chris Olave right now, if we're being honest. You know, yeah. like, like, yeah. but we're going to talk about Chris Olave in the second segment, the what didn't work segment. But you know, like, if you're if you're the point of sitting Trevor down was like you're worried that he's going to lose all of his confidence and he's going to start playing like his head's on fire. He doesn't know where he's going, whether he's coming or going. That's Chris Olave right now. So uh, <laughs> anyway, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, oh yeah, Juwan um, Johnson. You know, one thing that Pete Carmichael said this week that I think is true is an undervalued element of Jawan's game is his ability in the, as a run blocker because that's something the Saints have struggled in and just running the ball effectively. And I think they did look better. And and so I think that's part of when you get Jawan back, that's something that you were able to take advantage of a little bit more. I've been waiting for you to, like, splice in the – you know, waves and flashing back to your predictions from this game and talking about Taysom time. I should. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I not to toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my own horn <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll splice that into the podcast version. I don't have I didn't I'm not that arrogant that I went and, and prepped my own clip, although I did pull it out on YouTube and told everyone about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that game went exactly to a T how I expected it to go from Taysom Hill's perspective. I think I said. 60 to 80 yards and two touchdowns. What did he end up with? 63 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He also threw a pass. You know, good on Rashid for going to get it because uh, it was a, not a great decision. Like, I think the, the Colts actually played that very well, um, a lot better than the Saints expected them to. And Rashid just went up and made a play. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, that team reminds me very much of the Seahawks from last year. And that game went virtually identical to how the Seahawks game went. Now, you didn't get to as much from Taysom Hill. And mostly just because, you know, in part, I think he was dealing with an injury. So that limited you a little bit. But he did have 29 snaps on offense, 15 snaps on special teams. But, you know, the offense was moving in general. You didn't really need him. You don't need Taysom Hill to to run the ball into the end zone when you're scoring for 58 yards out. Right. Uh, Alvin scoring from whatever his touchdown was that that catch, and then he had another ten plus yard run for a touchdown. They were just they were just moving the ball in in every way. Um, it was and a beautiful so, thing, right? Yeah, and and so yes, I was correct. I did start Taysom Hill and Rashid Jaheed in fantasy. It worked out for me, although I lost that matchup because I also started Miles Sanders, who got me a bagel. Um, thanks, Miles. Right. But you know. So why don't we just kind of go to to what did work, which, okay. you know, the first thing that did work and it's been working all year and you got to be excited about it if you're a Saints fan is Rashid Shahid. I mean, Man, yeah. dude, that, that guy, like you're talking about Tyreek Hill levels of, of efficiency and downfield that I don't know if you've ever like like the Saints have been had some pretty dynamic playmakers. I don't know if they've ever had anyone like that where at any moment he's liable to go off for a 50-yard bomb, right? Like a guy like, like Devery Henderson was really good in that way. You know, if you go back maybe maybe further than I can remember, maybe there's some guys that I'm, that I'm missing. But, you know, what he's doing right now is, is not normal. <laughs> um, 
And if you if you go back, the Saints have won four games. Three of those games, the Saints just slammed the door <laughs> by going deep to Rashid Shaheed in a situation <laughs> where conventional wisdom would say, run the ball, force him to use a timeout, play defense. Well, three of the Saints' four wins, and the other one was a shutout where it didn't matter. Three of the Saints' four wins. That's week one against the Titans. Third down, you went deep down the sideline to Rashid. Week two against the Panthers, I don't remember what down it was, but you went deep down the right sideline, and then you went in for a touchdown that iced the game. And now in this one, third and 13, (laughs) Colts are down eight. If you punt the ball back there, I don't know what happens. But you didn't have to. And, you know, he's only scratching the surface. And I I do want to hear what what Dennis Allen had to say, but, like, I, I can't stress enough. This kid is only scratching the surface of like what he could potentially be. I don't even know if he, if he's comfortable in this offense yet. <laughs> he's just, he's just getting it done. Well, f- thankfully, you know, we talk about, you know, tooting horns with predictions and everything. You know, he was a guy during training camp. We saw this kind of developing. He was getting more involved in the route tree. Uh, you saw that, you know, he was able to expand his role in this offense and be more of that, uh, a weapon more than just special teams. And I don't know. Yeah, it just seems like we used to the, have that little thing back and forth where you'd say, hey, Chris Olave is always open. I don't know if anyone can catch up with Rashid at all. It seems like I, I, I don't know what, what there was some play. I know the, the Colts secondary was, Tony Brown. <laughs> was lacking, right? But, yeah. man, there were some plays in there that, I felt like I could have definitely thrown. We were it was like a little pitch and catch. You you toss into him. No. Well, that, like we got to get. So we're going to talk about Derek Carr in a second. You do have to give Derek Carr credit for those oh, yeah. deep throws because those are not easy to throw. Like <laughs> you, th- there's a lot of skill involved in putting that ball where it needs to go, especially for a, a guy who runs that fast. You know, like that. That's it's easy. You know. You could say, well, he's wide open. You still got to put it 45 yards downfield on the right trajectory so that he can run under it. He didn't lose stride. Like, you, you've you seen big plays in this Saints offense, but it, it's, you know, if that ball for that touchdown, for example, forces him to 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 adjust and, and come back to it or not be able to catch it in stride and he doesn't score a touchdown, then, you know, that's a much different play, right? It, you know, like the Taysom Hill one, that was not in stride. He had, to, he had to battle with a guy. Whereas like right. the two from Derek Carr were just on the money, perfect stride. I was surprised he actually got tracked down on that second one. I thought he was going to go to the house when, <laughs> when I saw him catch it. So props to Tony Brown there. But this is what uh, Derek, uh, De- Derek Dennis Allen had to say about Rashid when he was asked after the game. We're there yet. You know, I, I think there's still a lot of meat left on the bone in terms of what we need to be able to do and what he can do. Um, obviously, you know, his explosiveness down the field is is um, probably his biggest trait. Um, and his ability to, like I can think in the last few weeks, Houston being one, the play today, you know, where, where you know, he goes and makes a play on the football and high points the ball. So um, there's there's some of that that I'm seeing that, that you know i really like i think it's all the little bitty intricacies and the little bitty details that you know um he's still got to improve on uh but his his speed and explosiveness makes him you know really difficult to to cover right now i think teams are starting to figure out that 
you can't single cover Rashid Shahid on the outside and expect to survive. So the next step for him is once teams do adjust, and I think you'll see a lot more shell coverage, and they're going to say, okay, no go balls, which that is what they were doing in that in that game. But uh, Mike Thomas actually talked us through this. The Saints had kind of a nugget on Gus Bradley and how he coaches defense, and they actually t- they had him take an inside release on that go, which is unusual because – Typically, you want to start on the edge so you can get to your line and so the safety can't get down on it. But they knew that if they took an inside release and let him go, that he would be able to to clear that defender and, uh, you know, it worked. And so and I want to talk about Shahid more in the in the next episode. But I think the next step for him is once teams start playing over the top and not allowing him to get up there, you, you have a deep safety, you know, you're going to have more opportunities underneath. And so at a certain point, I'd like to see him start to develop that part of his game where you're hitting some more digs or, you know, some comeback routes that they're giving you 10 yards of cushion because they know they can't keep up with you. And how you, how do you take advantage of that? That's the type of stuff that Chris Olave does really well. Um, and so, you know, that's just uh, for, for when you're talking about what worked in this game, that was definitely, that was definitely the biggest thing. I'll give uh big kudos to Carmichael jr. Too, man, little yeah. golf claps. I thought, Overall, really, the the game went smoothly. It's I guess it's that's easy to say when I guess things are plays are connecting. Uh, everybody just seems to be clicking because the offense was definitely more fluid. <laughs> he he was on, he's on my list too. Yeah, I, I mean, if we're gonna roast him over the coals when things go poorly, you have to give him credit when the offensive attack did exactly what it needed to do. Now, there were still some sketchy moments like that that the two plays. Prior, you know, the whatever, the two false starts on that drive before the big play to Shahid. You know, one of the reasons that happened is you just you tried to go tempo on that drive. And I just why? You're in the four-minute offense. And and like and Deuce was talking about this on the broadcast, is you're still gonna want to burn the clock. Like I think the idea was we're gonna get up to the line, we're gonna let Derek see what they're doing, and then he's gonna step back and adjust. But you're asking your offensive lineman to stay in their stance for 30 seconds at the end of a long football game. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, you know, and it's just kind of, that, that, that didn't make sense, you know, and there's a few other play calls where you're just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I love it. But generally speaking, I thought he got, ev- like, this offense has a lot of mouths to feed, right? You got to get the ball to AK. You got to get the ball to Taysom. You got to get the ball to Olave. You got to get the ball to Mike Thomas. You got to find ways to get everyone involved and take advantage of the looks you're getting. And I just think that they did that very well in this game. Um, one thing, you know, but there are things that you're just like, well, why don't they do this more? Why don't they do this more? And one of those things is uh, they ran an angle route to Alvin and it worked for the touchdown to, to start the scoring there. And, you know, when he kind of talked about it after the game. and I thought his comments were interesting. This is what he said. No, I, I like that no linebacker can cover me when we call it. So um, I think. No, it's just been trying to get that kind of back into our offense and back up. And, you know, Derek likes to call. I think as an offense, I think we like to call. Um, it's just getting get, getting, getting the right looks and, and getting out there and getting in position to be able to call those. You know, sometimes I'm, in my head I'm like, man, we need to just call it and just rip it. But, you know, so it, you can't do that with every play and just force it. So um, I'm happy we got one off. Um, hopefully the offensive staff goes upstairs and, and, and just puts that on the call sheet next week. <laughs> so it was good though. and like we talked about this in camp and I, and I thought we'd see a lot more of this is Alvin Kamara as a receiver not just check downs running routes um, and we haven't really seen it right and so I, I think that there have been points this year where we stand in front of Pete Carmichael 
on Thursdays and we say, hey, Pete, why haven't you been running motion? And he's like, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> he doesn't say that per se, but he's just like, yeah, 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 right, right, right. And then the next week, hey, look, you got motion in the offense. And this past week, it was like, hey, Pete, why don't you run tempo more often? And suddenly, you know, and I think they would have done this anyway. I don't think it's because we told them. But, you know, suddenly it's like, oh, hey, look, we got all this tempo. I think this week the subject should be, why don't you throw the ball to Alvin more downfield, right? We haven't seen any wheel routes. We haven't, you know, that angle route worked. Where's the out and up, right? Where's the counter off of that? And so I think that's, and, and to be fair, he wasn't here the first three weeks. So, you know, the, there's been some fits and starts in how you've incorporated him. But I think, you know, the next step for Pete in terms of that part of the game, I think is getting Alvin, getting more calls on the table for Alvin to take advantage of his abilities in space. And yeah, the, the way you talk about with obviously Alvin Kamara and his amazing elusiveness, balance, and all, you see a little bit of that spark with a guy yeah. like Shahid, man. You it just there's just something special away about the way he moves. It's not just he's quick or you know, whatever it is. There's just he's got a great feel for the feet field and who's around him. Isn't that a Beatles song or an Elton John song? How's it give me the lyric? Like something in the way she moves or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway, it's got weird. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, but no, so, you know, a lot of things work. Jamal Williams got going, and so that's something that, you know, I think he was yeah, you, not you mentioned You mentioned a lot of mouths to feed, too. We got a three-headed monster in the backfield, too, not including Taysom. Right. They had Kendra in there for some work, you know. So, like, again, it's like there's a lot, there's a lot of personnel you got to manage and make sure they're engaged and make sure they're in the game plan. And I think they did a really good job of that. I also think, you know, on the kind of the flip side of that, thought Derek Carr had a great game, you know, and, and again, these are guys that we criticize just remarkably when they are struggling. And so when they play well, you should acknowledge it. And I think Derek Carr had a very good game. I think he played within himself. I think he got the offense in the positions it needed to be. You know, we're going to talk about that throw to Olave. One thing Derek Carr didn't do is, you know, pile on to his young receiver the way that we saw last week when he just screwed up, right? And, you know, I, I think that when things are going well, it's a little easier to be that way. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Derek had a good game and hope like if you got that version of Derek Carr every week, you'd win a lot of football games, right? Like he, he didn't hold the ball too long. He got through his progressions he made some nice plays downfield. He was aggressive. I want to see him be aggressive. I don't want to see him, you know, checking down at the uh, hits the hits his back foot and immediately checks down. It's not something you want to see. So I, I think just what you saw to Derek this week, you know, and again, the Colts defense makes makes everyone look like an all pro. But you know, like it he, it seemed like Derek was hat was was very much a not confident quarterback, especially in the first half against the Jags. And if you want to look at the last six quarters of football from him, have been very good. So I don't yeah, know. I, th- that was definitely huge, I think, just because whatever you want to call it, the the get right game against the Colts right yeah. now, they, this team needed it. Uh, we, 
we hadn't seen them really dominate a game unlike that, unlike the, you know, since the Patriots matchup. And we knew that was a sham as well. They hadn't led for a second in week six or seven. So that like when they, that big touchdown to Rashid in the second quarter, that was their first lead in 10 quarters of football. So yeah, like if to say there was a crisis of confidence, like a get right game is a very good way to describe this. Although I would have described week five that way too, and it turned and it kind of turned on its head. So, um, you know, it, it's, it is what it is, but you know, I like think it's only a get right game of now what happens against Chicago Sunday. If you stay right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The next game can't be a get wrong game. Right. It's um, like, wait a minute, what happened? But yeah, so now you you're looking, you know, the, like you you went in that game and you're like, wow, we have 400 yards of offense in back to back games. What do we have to show for it? Well, now you're looking at it like, man, we have 400 yards of offense in three straight games, and suddenly things start to click. And it's like, what they haven't done that since 2018. Think about that. Like, this is the first time they've had three consecutive games with 400 yards of offense since the year of our Lord 2018. Hmm. And you know that Saints offense was pretty good in 2019. It was pretty good in 2020. They went to the divisional round of the playoffs so you know if you're looking at things that worked i think pete carmichael and Derek carr are both on that list now they have to keep it working like you you gotta keep going in the right direction but i think these were positive steps one more thing that i wanted to talk about that you know everyone's gonna talk about the offense and and that's fair they should but (laughs) that game was very much not in hand right when Paulson Adebo went out there and stole a ball at the one yard line of the two yard line, a ball that probably should have never been thrown. Like that's the Gardner Minshew. We talked to Lawrence Owen, right? And he was talking about that roller coaster of emotions. That's the Gardner Minshew where you're just like, he's, he played really well in that game. But then that one throw, you were just like, man, like that, that was such a momentum changer. And, you know, so he did a couple things in that game. One, he made that interception, which he's, he's done a good job of making plays on the ball. He almost had one against the Jags. I think that's been an area he's improved this year is not just knocking the ball down, but making a play on it. But, you know, you saw in week four what can happen when you catch that ball down at the two or the three and the momentum brings you in. The, the refs are going to say, no, you get that at the three. So, you know, when you saw him decide to take it out, you're like, oh, 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 oh wait, yeah, good idea. Good idea. Because he got to the 30. And it was a nice run back. He juked the guy. Um, and so, like, that's a huge momentum changer. Like, if you get the ball at the three, who knows what happens? Um, getting that ball at the 30 and they went down and scored, you know, I, I think that was that was big for him. The other thing he did that probably hasn't been talked about enough, zero. Zero penalties in that game for him. And he's been playing really well. The only thing he's been doing wrong is when he feels like he's gotten beat at the top of the route, he'll grab and that's where you get the holding penalties, where you get the pass interference. Just play your technique, force them to make a play. And I think he did a very, a much better job of that this week uh, than we've seen previously. So, what worked? Paulson Debo, I think, had a great game for uh, defense too. I, I gotta love me some Carl Granderson. And there's not much been mm-hmm. else though from this Saints defensive line this season, though. That's been the crazy part. Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to talk about the defensive line a little bit in the uh, in the second segment. Again, you know, I. it's not a coincidence that you took, got a lead in this game and suddenly the defensive line started to assert itself. Like, complementary football exists for a reason. Like, they talk oh, about for it sure. for a reason. You got to cover and you got to you got to take away that first read. If, he, if the quarterback can throw his first read every time, you're not getting pressure because that first read is going to be out, right? The ball's going to be out of his hand. And when you are playing from behind, the def- the offense is can and will dink and dunk. That's what Cam calls it. You know, quick game all day long and... There's only so much you can expect 
when the quarterback is not holding on to the ball. Now, when you get them in third and long and suddenly they're down eight and they need to get, make something happen, that's when you can pin your ears back and go get them. The bigger issue in this game, I think, was the run defense. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's never as simple as just looking at the box score and saying, well, they only had two quarterback hits, so they didn't have a good game. Like, there's more to it than that. And the offense has not done its defense any favors in several games this season. Let's put it that way. Because uh, I think this defense, when it doesn't have to worry about Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor running the ball down your throat, mm-hmm. makes his life a lot easier. And that's a good offensive line, too. Like, that's, like, that's a top-end offensive line. Um, so you're always going to have a hard time uh, getting pressure against that group. But yeah, I mean, Carl Granderson, I thought had a good game. A guy I want to see more of is Isaiah Foskey. People are talking about, oh, we got to trade for this guy, this guy. I want to see the second round pick in there. I thought he had a solid game. He had 10 snaps. He he almost forced a fumble. They ended up, they called it a, they called it an incomplete pass. But yeah, I mean, Carl Granderson is just going to be that dude. Yeah, just like a consistent uh, name you talk about every week in the positive, which is, you know, you, you need that obviously up front. And I just, I wish he had some support right now. I don't know. I'm I'm missing the rest of the D line, and I, I just wish there were guys applying more pressure. And I know you're talking about the, I agree with that. the stats not showing up, but I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think they need to be better. I just think it, it annoys me that like there's a lot more nuance to that conversation than typically we'll go into it. And I don't know. It, it's just a, it's a thing. But another, you know, and like I said, we'll talk more about that in the second segment. But one guy I do want to talk about. He is a defensive lineman, but it wasn't on the defense. It was a, for the second week in a row. Mr. We saw the bink or the bink back. <laughs> and uh, so one thing that's funny is Alvin Kamara and Colin Saunders, their lockers are next to each other. Um, and so I asked, I asked Alvin if, uh, you know, Colin has been, you know, talking his ear off the last couple of weeks. And this is, this is what he had to say. You said who? Colin. Oh, Kalen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bink, Bink. Oh, yeah. Man, Bink crazy, dog. Bink, look, if 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 we let Bink change his number to 41, whatever, 41, 49, man, look, Bink will play running back if we let him. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, he's an athletic dude, and, you know, it's part of that is just wanting to do it, and, you know, he wants to do it, like. I think that's part of the reason he's on in that package because he was campaigning for it for so long and just talking. He was just talking, 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 like annoying almost. Like, man, put me in there, put me in there. And they was like, all right, come on. Today, you know, he got three, I think three, three or four in a row. And it's a little different when you got when you really got an offensive, uh, like you got an offensive drive going. Like he usually come in for one and go out. He was in there for three. He was like, it was flying, it was flying, it was moving fast. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's it's good to be able to have Bink in there. I mean, he he got a good feel for it. He knows what he's doing. So I mean, he's just a pro. So a couple things. One, he didn't even know who I was talking about until like if you're wondering if that nickname is is how they refer to him. He didn't even know who I was talking about. First of all until I said Bink. Second, he corrected me despite me saying the name correctly. Right, that's what I was like, wait a minute, you just, you said Colin. Yeah. It's not Kalen. Well, because, uh, right, a lot of people call him Kalen. The funny thing is that the Colin Saunders Twitter handle <laughs> is Colin, not Kalen. Because he's very vocal about people saying his name incorrectly, and I just thought that was funny. I was like, this guy sits next to him in the locker room, he doesn't even know how to pronounce his name because no one calls him that. They call him Bink. But yeah, so that Taysom Hill touchdown run, uh, that second Taysom Hill touchdown run, that was, you know, Colin just bulldozing. And 
uh, I, I, I enjoy it. It's just fun. You know what? It, it's not necessarily the most uh, beautiful thing in the world, but I don't know. This team, if you want, like, there are things you can say about this team and this offense. Being boring is not one of them. You know, like they, they they do some stuff. You know, they hit they hit bombs. They got the three hundred pound fullback in there. You know, they got Calvin Kamara doing crazy crazy stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I I've really enjoyed watching that game, and I'm looking forward to watching the film uh, when it, when it comes out today. No, that it seems like since Bink has arrived into the offensive mix now, maybe the, there's there's been a little more physicality to that run game. I don't know. Uh, Keep it going, whatever works, obviously. But um, yeah, it was it was really great to see, obviously, Taysom and AK two touchdowns apiece uh in the matchup. Uh guys that you know pretty much epitomize th- what you want in players going for that quote unquote every inch on every play. That's why I love to see. I agree. And so for Alvin, you know, it seems like every week he's like picking up one accolade or another. Uh, this was his 11th career game with a receiving and a rushing touchdown that ties him with Jim Brown for <laughs> fifth in NFL history. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Just Jim Brown, you know, pretty good. <laughs> he, he was, he was decent, I guess. Um, but yeah, so Alvin, I think Alvin looks more comfortable. Jamal looked comfortable again. You know, we don't have to beat a dead horse here. Like I think the offensive approach in this game did a lot of things that you've been wanting to see. Got a lot, it got everyone involved. Everyone ate. The offense put up points. He scored in the red zone. Um, you didn't see. You know, you saw some mistakes, right? Like it wasn't perfect. There were some execution errors. There were just enough things that went wrong to give the coaches something to talk about in film sessions, right? If, if you want to nitpick, I guess you could say they still didn't really target the tight end. No, but I mean, they did in one key moment. And, they, and if you want to put Taysom as tight end, kind of thing. Yeah, and, and they also they converted on first on third down a good amount. So it wasn't like they were failing and then there was just well, why didn't you go to Jawan, right? Yeah, right. You know, there was a couple misses like the two Mike Thomas throws on slants were you know, one of them I think oh, Mike man. slipped, the other one was behind him. Yeah. Um, you know, there was another one, did that one to Olave where he kind of airmailed it a little bit. You know, like it wasn't perfect, but you don't have to you're never gonna be perfect. But you have to, you know, you have to do things the right way enough times and eventually it'll it'll work out for you. But that's that's it for me. Is there anyone else you wanted to highlight before we move on? Uh trying to think really offhand. Uh I, I think uh just a shout out to I guess Ryan Ramchek looked like the old Ryan Ramchek. Back healthy. Yep. So I mean, yeah, he didn't do anything. It's tough because it's like I don't know how he did, but only about one sack in the game. So if you want to say the only reason the I say that line, is seeing like PFF ratings come out kind of yeah. thing. Well, I mean, the offensive line allowed one sack, right? I think that group has gotten progressively better. This group now has some continuity, right? Or at least it doesn't really actually, because last week it wasn't Ryan. This week it's it's Ryan in there. But I think this is the group you're going to, assuming everyone's healthy, I think this is the group you're going to roll with the rest of the year. Um, and yeah, I thought they played pretty well against what I wouldn't call the stiffest pass rush out there but you know if you went back to week one you would have assumed that they couldn't block anybody so you know i'm okay with it no for true like you and you've seen this group now two straight games have uh pretty decent performances from the o-line so yeah that that's definitely a huge positive and then like maybe we're seeing okay the the o-line's taking baby steps the run game's taking baby steps that's striking to the passing game taking baby steps it's all working the other guy I didn't think had a terrible game, even though everyone complains about him every time he walks in the fields, Lou Headley. 
Um, he punted four Ooh. times, all four, all four inside the 20. It, again, you know, we've heard from Dennis Allen. He said his first kick is usually his worst kick. Yeah, I mean, it was like a 30-something yarder, but it was still inside the 20. It was like the 17, but it wasn't a good kick, and I understand why people are complaining. But I had someone say, like, that's the reason the defense is struggling. They're giving them short fields. And I was like, starting a drive at your own 18 is not a short field. If you had to start every drive at your own 18, like, that's not where you want to be. Anyway, uh, his next three kicks, I think he downed one at the 14, one at the 9, and then a really good kick that bounced at, like, the 9. And, and again, none of these were returned. Right. Like that's the part of it that I think a lot of people ignore is it's all net. You know, like Rashid, like the, the kicker for the what's his name, Rigoberto Sanchez, he had a bunch of really long punts, but Rashid returned them. Right. So what's the net there? Right. And so, like, if your kicks are unreturnable, you don't need the distance. And I think that's, you know, obviously you'd like to see some field flipping kicks, but man, that kick to the nine, it just hit and then kicked. And uh, I don't, I think about Lonnie Johnson. Mr. Going to get fined soon. Uh, who was just standing there ready? It might have been Isaac Yadam. Either way, I think he had a solid game. And, you know, you'd like to see him improve week to week. Again, I get it. He's 30. He's still a rookie. Um, so, like, I think that he had a solid game. And you, you're, they're not bringing anybody else in. He's got to just continue to get better and get better. You'd like to see him improve on some of these kicks in terms of, you know, you can't be leaving 30 yard kicks out there. But when you go four for four kicks inside the 20, you can't complain too much. And I guess sh- shout out to sticking with special teams, not having to hold our breath this week with uh, Blake uh, Gillig, uh, not uh, Groupie. Too many uh, yeah, Groupie. You're going to give make- him credit for not having to kick? Yeah, just because the pressure wasn't on. I didn't feel like, oh, my God, these three points are crucial to this game. Getting six points, way better than three. So congrats <laughs> to the Saints offense for keeping Groupie on the bench. Okay, so you're giving the, the offense credit. I thought you were giving Blake credit for like you know some sort of psychology of like, well, they don't want me to kick, so go score it anyway. No, it's like <laughs> it's like, hey, we don't need you this week. We got you, dude. Relax. Yep. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what didn't work, and we're also going to get into a bit of the trade deadline. And we're going to come back for one final segment. Get into a mailbag. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We hit a record for downloads this month. That's exciting. Um, you know, and, and that includes a, we had a pretty big download month back when Derek Carr was signed. So good to see. Thanks, everybody. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. If you haven't left a rating or review wherever you get your podcast, do that. And, you know, always hit me up if you want any us to talk about anything. If you have any questions you want us to throw in a mailbag or a segment, that always is helpful because I am not creative. All right, y'all. Stick around. <laughs>